Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Hi, welcome back to the cottage. In this episode, we're in Ephesians 6.12, and we discuss this present darkness. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house, and we thank you for your grace that is amazing. And no matter how we sing it, whew, it is something to experience. And we just want that grace that's in this place to spill out to the neighbors and people that would come. And so, Father, we thank you, and we just ask your blessing upon your word that we might understand that grace and the amazing things that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' my name we pray, amen. Well, as advertised, we want to go to six, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 this morning, this present darkness, and do a bit of a series on the believer and spiritual warfare. So you should be familiar with Ephesians six twelve, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood and that's hard to remember that's not our battle with other people but against and here paul lists them principalities against powers against rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and i want you to understand that the focus here if you look at the greek grammar the focus here is on this idea of darkness okay the idea of darkness the darkness of this world. In the Greek, it's skotos. And when we check that out, we find that in Psalm 82 that we've been talking about, says, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. There's that, again, darkness. All the foundations are out of course. So when this world is under these powers that have separated themselves from God that we've been talking about, and they have moved from God, they have moved from God, the light, and now they are in darkness. And the Bible talks about the end being outer darkness, even worse. That the whole foundation of the earth then are out of course. And that's why everything is the way it is. Psalm 82 is your answer because there are a lot of people on the internet today that do not want to believe in God. And you just need to take them to sing number 82 in your songbook. And let them know the reason why the things are the way they are is because the foundations of the earth are out of course because we're in darkness and we are in blindness. They cannot see because they cannot see God. You can't see the sun today. You cannot feel the warmth of the sun today, but it's still there. It's blocked. And because they cannot see because we're in darkness, this present darkness. That all the foundations are out of course. This is not what God intended. But he gave it over to us. And this is what has happened. 
From the beginning, though, where did God begin? And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God a mood upon the face of the waters. And what does the next verse say? What's the next verse? Genesis 1 3. Anybody? Besides Sherlyn, she's she's on vacation. What's the next verse say? You don't know Genesis 1 3? Light. The first thing God says is light. That's the first thing God says in your Bible. If God's word, the Bible, and the very first word that God speaks is light, the opposite is darkness. Darkness. My mentor, Dr. Michael Heiser, in his book on demons, says the Old Testament writers linked the rebellion of supernatural beings with the mere opposite to the eternal joyful life intended by the creation of earth and humanity. But Psalm 82, we're not experiencing that. Why? Because we're in darkness. Why are we in darkness? If you ever experienced C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, that, that world is, starts out how? In that line, the witch in the wardrobe. It's always winter, but no Christmas. Trying to reflect this same kind of thing of darkness. It's not supposed to be always dark. He goes on to say, an Old Testament theology of the powers of darkness connects sinister spiritual beings with what? Death, the realm of the dead, and an ongoing assault on what? The harmony, order, and well-being the good God of all the earth desired in the world and had created for mankind, for humankind. What God intended, they are trying to drive you mad. Trying to drive you crazy. And we are in crazy land right now. Because they are at work unbelievably across the whole world. And everybody's stressed out. Because everybody's got phones now. And we're being sent constantly updates of all the bad news. It used to take a long time to find out that there was a train wreck in India. Now it's like, boom, train wreck in India, boom, Russia and Ukraine, boom, boom, boom. Everywhere we're being assaulted by the enemies to destroy the harmony, order, and well-being the good God of all the earth desired. Evil spirits in the Old Testament thus are, number one, Terms that are associated with the realm of the dead and its inhabitants. Two, terms that denote geographical dominion of supernatural powers in rebellion against Yahweh. And we've been teaching you where they came from. Number three, preternatural creatures associated with idolatry and unholy ground. This is the idea. And we went through these three rebellions with you in chapter three with the serpent. In chapter six with those spiritual beings that came down. And then chapter 11 when they decided... Humanity decided to try to control God and bring God down on their terms. And it was a rebellion at every level. The story of the opening chapters of your Bible is rebellion at every level by everybody. God created the heavens, rebellion. God created the earth, rebellion. None of it was operating like God intended. These beings are now chained up and they've been put in prison. Genesis 3. Serpents from the realm below bring death in the fall. The former throne guardian here acts as an independent authority. Autonomous in privation from Yahweh through disfellowship, no longer free to serve the Lord, but once in participation with Yahweh's counsel. This divine being was 
Why was Eve talking to the serpent? Because it's like after you have the business meeting on Wednesday night, you have the business meeting, right? And so Eve is hanging out after the business meeting, having a business meeting with one of the faithful beings. So she thinks. But she doesn't realize that this is the seed of rebellion that starts the whole thing off course. Then we have the Genesis 6, 1 through 4, sons of God from the realms above bring down to earth mixed seed in the form of giants that you see throughout the rest of the Bible talked about and arcane knowledge about fighting and infatuation, trying to teach men how to kill and women how to slay the hearts of men through lust and do very terrible things. And so that's how they deemed these rebellions. That's how they saw it in the Old Testament. First Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. That knowledge that came down in Genesis 6 and God tried to change when he brought new knowledge down with Moses at the Torah, and then Jesus has come down again, bringing us the Gospels. Now they are trying to seduce us in the latter times again with more knowledge, with more fighting. And we can't even decide which bathroom to use anymore. I was so glad in, when I was on the other side of the world if I found a toilet. Hallelujah! Whoa, yes! I don't care, I'm going in. I was glad to find one. Over here, we're like, uh, let's see, do you do this one or, let's see. You know, in Walmart, instead of clean up in aisle 13, clean up in toilet number 26, because we got so many toilets for so many different people, because nobody can decide which toilet. Doctrines of devils, seducing spirits. We live in trying times. Again, I taught you Genesis 10 11. Those from the middle earth rebelled to bring God down in their own will and design by creating a stairway to heaven and demanding that God come down on their terms. And we have decided that in the modern world, we want God on our terms. In Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9, we talked about when he separated the sons of Adam and set the bounds of the people, when he separated them, they were divided. They were separated in the Babel event, and they all went and spoke all these other languages, and my wife's people over there worshipped all these other gods. That's what happened at this separation from God in Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9 that we've been talking about. In Genesis 10, that same idea of division. Genesis 10, 25. These are reviewed because we went over all these things. It was a time that the earth was divided. We used to be united, and when we were united, wow, what we could accomplish, and now we're divided. Even the church has been divided. We know that. There were four Baptist churches in Cottage Hills. That's division. That's division. What does God command us from the beginning? Multiplication. What do we do? Divide. See how we're not right? In Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9, it's the sons of God that we've been talking about. So, in Psalm 2, 8, let's start now that we've learned all this. Let's start putting it to use. What does Psalm 2, 8 teach us? God teaches us in the second song, opening up the hymnal book, 
The second psalm, what does he decide to tell us? Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the othermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And that's what happened at Pentecost. The reversing of that division to bring people together. And now he's sending those same people out of Jerusalem to go back to those 70 nations with all those languages and speak the gospel. And that's what I did as a missionary. And that's what all these missionaries, when we do missionary letter night, what they do, they've gone and they've scattered to gather and bring everyone back into the family of God. Bring them back. That's the idea. We're trying to bring these people across the street back to the gospel, to the good God. This world is not like it's supposed to be. No one's living like they're supposed to do. And it doesn't matter who you elect and put in office. It still doesn't change anything. Because we're in darkness. And he's asking for light. And again, Psalm 82, 8 that we talked about. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all the nations. There's this thing that God is going to give us all the nations, all the peoples are going to come through us back to the Father. We are sent just like Jesus. And that's what I used to tell people all the time. Perfect message of the gospel. People say, why in the world would you leave America, the greatest country on the earth, and come over here? Well, why would Jesus leave heaven and come down here? I mean, it's heaven after all, right? Sherlyn and I were talking earlier. Heaven is great. It's perfect. Why would these beings come down and do all this stuff? Because heaven is perfect. Why would the serpent do what? It's heaven. What's going on? Adam and Eve were in paradise. It was perfect. Well, it wasn't exactly perfect, but it it was very good. I'll give you that. According to the text. And God says, through judgment, we're going to inherit. Acts 2.5, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout men of every nation under heaven. There's the nations at Pentecost that we talked about on Pentecost Sunday. Every nation, what? Under heaven. The connection here is tied to this idea of heaven. Deuteronomy 4.19-20, what do we got here? And least thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven. There's the heaven. We have all these nations and under heaven. And when thou seest the sun, we can't see the sun today, and seest the moon and the stars, which are what? Even all the hosts of heaven. When you see them, what are you supposed to do? When you see all these guys, when my wife saw all these other powers, what was she supposed to do? But they didn't tell her until we came with the gospel. And should us be driven to worship them. She was driven by her culture to worship them. And serve them, which the Lord God hath divided unto all the nations of the whole heaven. He divided all the nations. And they were to serve other powers, but those powers were never to replace God. They were designed to be authorities over those places. The Bible talks about, again, geographical things where spirits are over a geographical location. In Daniel 10, Michael is over Israel. But Michael sends someone to Daniel, but he's got to get through all these other powers first that are over each geographical location. But the Lord hath taken you, you of all people. Deuteronomy 32.9 The Lord has taken you and brought you forth out of the iron first, even out of Egypt, out of Pharaoh's hand, to be unto him a people of inheritance as you are this day. 
He's trying to start with Abraham. Then he takes with Moses. He's trying to bring everyone back because he promised in Genesis 12 through Abraham, I'm going to bless all the nations. And it's through Jesus, I'm going to bless all the nations and bring everybody back into their proper inheritance. But he let them go at Babel to do their own thing. And people today are left on their own to do whatever they want. I'm still waiting for the day when the person goes to the doctor and says, I'm a dog. Can you do the surgery and make me a dog? I mean, you know, whatever they want. We're so divided. It's so crazy. We just, we saying, God didn't create me this way. I'm going to create what I want to be. Give me plastic surgery so that I have fur like a dog. Because I want to create myself. And we lose total identity. We're all divided. We're no longer the United States of America. We're the untied states of America. We've been divided and we're going after all these other things. And what is going to unify us? Only the cross. Only Jesus. Only Jesus brings us back into the family of God the way things God always intended. And it's only through Jesus do we have originally hospitals in America. They were all Christian. Alt Memorial was a Methodist hospital at one time. All your universities... Getting ready to go to Blackburn College. Getting ready to go to Blackburn College. It was a theological seminary. All of your schools were designed so people could read God's Word. We want to teach people to read for the sole purpose of giving them God's Word. They told me over there, they said, I can go out in the market and just for a few bucks I can buy a Bible. It's like cheap. Matter of fact, you often give them away. Your Bible is not a holy book. It's just worthless because it's everywhere. You're giving them away. How can that be holy? I said, because it's worth it. We want everybody to get a copy of what God said. We want everybody to understand God's word. We want everybody. Notice, using the Lexham English Bible here, notice the language here. Things that Yahweh, your God, your God. See, when I'm over there and I talk to them, they tell me, your God, your Jesus, your God, Yahweh has taken you. It's possessive. God has taken me as his child. I am a child of Yahweh. It's family. These are my parents. Next week is Father's Day. This is my father. We're family. We're connected. We have identity. That Yahweh, who is the Most High, has chosen you who are the least of people. He chose the smallest. He chose the David over Goliath. Deuteronomy 17, verses 2 through 5. If there be found among you within any gates which the Lord, again, your, thy God, God, giveth thee, Man or woman that hath wrought wickedness in the sight of the Lord thy God in transgressing his covenant hath gone and served the other gods. If anyone goes off and serves these other gods, you're not supposed to do that and worship them, either sun or moon or any host of heaven, which I have not commanded. You are not to worship. Never was anything in the Bible ever, ever to be worshiped aside from Yahweh. My wife was not, she didn't know that. No one's ever told her. Nothing was, 
in heaven or on earth or under the earth was to be worshipped aside from Yahweh. And it be told thee that thou heard of it and inquire diligently and behold be true the thing certain that such an abomination wrought in Israel then thou shalt bring forth that man or that woman which hath committed that wicked thing into the gates and even that man or woman and it goes on to pronounce the judgment upon them. What I want you to get here Elohim is God thy your God thy God the Lord Yahweh thy God your God and the same of other gods it's all the one word Elohim the difference is the small g gods even though it's the same word in Hebrew were never to be worshipped never by anyone never never okay the idea of a president who's commander-in-chief of the armed forces means that Linda's son, who she's seeing today, and Eric, her grandson, they serve the commander-in-chief. And we used to have a respect for the commander-in-chief, and now that office has been drugged through the mud, and now no one respects the president of the United States because of politics. But it used to be a day that when the president walked in, it was something. And everybody stood up, no matter which party the president was. There was honor. And today we have done it so that we have fallen so far out of our respect. Deuteronomy 29 verse 26 says, For they went and served other gods and worshipped them. Gods whom they knew not and whom have not given unto them. Why would you go worship them? They're lesser beings. They're just servants. They, They are servants that rebelled. And they decided, okay. The mafia knows who's the top. Don, you know, who's, where's everything going? They know who's the boss, ultimately. Yeah, I'm going to serve you in a sense, but I'm trying to get to the boss. Well, Jesus cleared it all and made us a child so we can go directly to God our Father. We don't need to do all this nonsense. But they went and did something else. Deuteronomy 32, 17, the same Chapter, we've been talking about Deuteronomy 32. They sacrifice to the devils, not God. You're not supposed to worship. You're not supposed to sacrifice to these. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came up duly. Whom your fathers feared not. Who is this stuff? And what they're worshiping today. Well, my wife is... I don't know how many... I'm not saying that there are 330 million spiritual beings that someone has cataloged in the heavens. That's what they have done. They made this stuff up. I'm not saying every one of those 330 million names in their list of gods is tied to an actual spiritual being. That's not what I am saying. That's what they would claim. They would claim. But they have chosen not to worship Yahweh and they have chosen to make up new gods. Acts 17.26 Paul stands before the Athenians and he says when I walked in your temple I saw the idol to the unknown God let me use that and let me explain to you who that is and he uses that idol Paul uses an idol to preach the gospel wow not American idol an Athenian idol to an unknown God he said let me introduce you to the unknown God And when he's talking about that, he refers back to everything we've been talking about. He says, and hath made one blood of all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. God made them all. 
this unknown God. That unknown statue you have to the unknown, this is the one that made everything. This is the most high. This is why you don't know him, because he's the boss, and you haven't got that high yet. He's way up there. He's the high. And let me tell you how you can get to him through Jesus and the blood. That same God, Yahweh, had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of the habitations. He divided them in Genesis 10 and 11. That they should, what? The, what was the purpose of Genesis 10 and 11? What was the purpose of scattering the people? That they would do what? Paul tells us. Quoting back to what we just read in Genesis 10 and 11 and what we read in Deuteronomy 32. That they should seek the Lord Yahweh if happily they might feel after and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Once my wife got this, of course I want Jesus. Of course I want the gospel. Of course I want God. How does it deal with 330 million gods? Of course this is what I've always wanted. No one ever told me because those lesser beings are trying to graft. They're trying to take. They're stealing from God. She didn't know she could do this, but when she found the truth, it set her free. And there are people across the street who are bound to other things that are over them, and they're slaves to that. For as much as then we are the offspring of God, the children of God, we ought not to think that the God has like under gild or silver or stone, graven art by man's device, an idol. No, he goes on to verse 31, Acts 17 again. That's where we're at. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge. There it is, Psalm 82, the verse 8. Judge the world in righteousness that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. He's tying, Psalm 82, verse 8, he's tying the resurrection of Jesus to the judgment of those gods and saying those gods are now powerless. I like how Peter puts it, Marla. Peter puts it that Satan has been taken to the dentist and all of his teeth have been ripped out. Now he's a toothless wonder. He has no power. He's got falsies. He's got false teeth. He has no power. He comes to try to devour you, but his power has been taken from him. Psalm 82, verse 8. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all the nations. This is how we inherit them. This is how we bring them back through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul was doing in Acts 17. And he's teaching us in Acts 17 what to do using Psalm 82, using Deuteronomy 32, using Genesis 10, 11. All these things I've been teaching you, Paul is mapping out. You want to know how to do this? Paul has told us in Acts 17 how to do it. Why am I teaching you this? Because Paul teaches us this is what we must do. Again, my mentor, Dr. Heiser. As the God of gods, the creator and the sovereign over that creation, Yahweh is the only God worthy of worship by anyone, anywhere. That would in turn mean that the role of the lesser Elohim was merely the administration of the nations. God may have severed the relationship between himself and humanity, but he still wanted those created in his image, all humanity that is, to be ruled justly and not abused, but they abused them. So when you put it all together, inherit out of Exodus 32 and Exodus 34. Earthlings inherit the earth, the land as God's chosen. Believers become Yahweh's children from slavery. You tie that to the inheritance language that we just spoke of. Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9, Psalm 2, 8, and 
Psalm 82.8, all this inherited language that those souls belong to God and we are the ones that are going to collect them and give them to God. Jeremiah 10.7 says, Who would not fear thee, O king of the nations? For to thee doth it appertain. Only God is to be feared. They're just for administration purposes. They're just for administration. I didn't see Dr. Om- What's his name? Omatola? I didn't see Omatola. Didn't have to. Didn't want to. I needed to see his assistant so I could get things working again. That's all they were for. The assistants. But it's his office. It's his call. Going on in verse 7, we're in Jeremiah 10, 7. For as much as among all the wise men of the nations and all their kingdoms, there is none like unto thee. None like unto thee. They're just administrators. They're not the commander-in-chief. Going on in verse 10, Jeremiah 10, 10. But the Lord is the true God. True in the sense that he is what? Faithful. We've been talking about faithfulness this morning. He is faithful. All these other ones you can't trust. I told you, it's Job 15, 15. We'll get there. If you give me time, we'll get there. But Job 15, 15 says that God can't even trust the spiritual beings in heaven. Because they're not all faithful. Why? Because we were told they rebelled. Some of them. He is the living God. And an everlasting king. And his wrath, at his wrath, the earth shall tremble. What did James 2 says? Even the demons believe and tremble. What? At Satan? No. Does the Bible ever say the demons tremble at Satan? No! The demons believe and tremble at Yahweh. You need to understand that. Back to Jeremiah 10.10. And the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. The nations can't abide it. That's why we need Jesus and his blood. Finally, I want to take this scholar... Patrick Miller. The gods are condemned to death for their failure in Psalm 82 to carry out justice in the human realm. The cosmic realm also depends upon justice in the social order. Indeed, the very foundations of the cosmic order are shaken in the presence of injustice. I told you, very first slide, out of Deuteronomy 32, This world just ain't right, and we all know it. So who's going to fix it? Hello. You and me with the gospel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this lesson. We thank you for understanding that you long to make things right, and you want to use us to make it right. And we thank you for this morning's understanding that we can make things right, that they did not do what they were supposed to do, so we have got to do what we're supposed to do to bring your kingdom here upon the earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.